Welcome to the Joyfulness Broadcast. Today we're talking about grace. What is grace? What is this grace you speak of, that I speak of? So, what is fun and helpful is to, rather than identifying as a person with preferences, with belief systems, uh, to identify as a quality. And a cool quality to identify and to play around with is grace. So what is grace and how does one identify with grace? What does that mean? Well, to, to identify with grace simply means to be that which is graceful. To be grace. To be an embodiment of grace, which comes as a value system. So you value grace above not grace. Okay, so before that, what is grace? Grace is that which allows everything to be as it is and loves it regardless of anything. So if it chooses this, it loves it. If it chooses that, it loves it. Regardless of whether, whatever the choice is, it doesn't matter. Grace accepts and allows all to be as it is. And is kind to all of life at all times and all circumstances, no matter what. It's compassionate to all of life under all circumstances, no matter what. And forgives all of life. Now with the forgiveness part though, uh, grace doesn't actually have anything to forgive because grace sees to be the quality of grace is to see that life can't help but be the way it is. You know, let's take an example to say a snake bites you. Well, we can forgive the snake by seeing there's nothing to forgive because the snake can't help but be a snake and snakes bite. That's what snakes do. Life expressed as a snake bites. And so life expressed as a bad decision is a bad decision. <laughs> life expressed as someone who makes a bad decision is a, someone who makes a bad decision. So there's nothing to, um, to judge because all is just being what it is. And that's all there is. And Grace sees that. And so very graciously is kind and compassionate. And embraces. I think that's the that's the key there. It just embraces. To be grace is to be that which embraces all as it is, uh, with gentleness and kindness and compassion. And so that might sound hard. That might sound why would I want to why would I want to do that? Why would I want to be gracious? Why would I want to live in the space of grace? In the space of grace. Well, first of all, it's a very beautiful space to be in. To to live in that grace is incredibly beautiful because grace, you see, to be this way, you see incredible beauty. And it's like you see beneath the surface. So let's say, for example, someone makes a decision. There's a choice that is made and it is hurtful and it does not support life. And let's even say it's malicious um, or it seems to be malicious. And so how does one be graceful for that? Well, grace, so long as something is seen in, in, in the light of like, oh, that's bad or that's evil, that's an evil person, that's a bad person making a bad decision, why are, they, why are they hurting everyone? If it's seen that way, it's very hard to be graceful, to accept it, to allow it, to welcome it, to be kind to, to it. 
But grace sees it differently because what grace sees is the essence of everything. So grace sees the incredible innocence behind everything, the pure innocence behind all action. And this can be summed up very closely by this statement, uh, I believe it was Socrates, something along the lines of, everyone is doing what they believe to be best. It's just that a lot of the times we get that belief system wrong. So we do what we think is best, what we believe to be best, but what we believe to be best isn't always, and often isn't at all, aligned with what is truly best. And that is the predicament. So grace actually sees that everyone's just doing their best. And if someone's making a mistake or is hurtful, um, then they're just not seeing something or those belief systems aren't aligned with, with the truth. And you see when people, when these choices are made, what we have to remember is that every choice has a consequence. And to me, at least, it's a lot more helpful to just see life as just a myriad of choices with a myriad of consequences rather than splitting it up into good and bad just to go, there are just choices and there are consequences. And that way we can see that really there's just humans making choices and bearing the weight of those choices. Every choice has a consequence. And when we make heavy choices, choices that hurt, that don't support life, that don't uplift life, the consequences bear upon us. The chooser is the one who has to bear the consequences. Sure, life does as well, but so does the chooser. So does the one responsible for the choice. And so if that way, if someone makes a choice that is really, um, you know, really what can be said, uh, like a really bad mistake, then we can have compassion for the fact that it was made out of ignorance and now out of ignorance, they're going to have to bear the weight of responsibility for that, for that choice was made in ways that we may know or we, we may not know also. And so when that innocence is seen, when it's seen that everyone's just making choices and no one can really discern whether what they're making, the choice that is being made, is truly best or it seems like it's a good idea. So just recognize that, you know, a lot of the time, in fact, all the time, we make choices that we believe are best. But we can never actually tell whether what we believe is best is truly best. Like something might seem like a good idea, but whether that's truly a good idea, whether any given choice is truly the best choice we can make, truly a great idea, <laughs> even though it might seem like it, the truth is only revealed after the choice is made. So after the choice, when we see the consequence of the choice, then we can actually tell whether what we believed was aligned with what was true. And most of the time, just reflecting upon my own life and reflecting upon human nature itself, we can see that most of the time it's not the case. Most of the time, at least to start with before we start getting interested in discerning the truth and spiritual understanding and all this kind of stuff, all the stuff that's to do with this podcast and anyone interested in this podcast probably has read books or something like that. Uh, before that, most of the time, <laughs> what we believe is very far separated from the truth. And so that's what we can have compassion for. We can have compassion and we can be gracious towards that 
essence of innocence, which just doesn't know any better and really can't tell the difference between what is believed, what is what seems to be a good idea, and what truly is a good idea, what truly is the best. And so if we go back to being the quality of grace, being the quality of grace isn't different from understanding how things really are, because as an understanding arises of how of the nature, the true nature of everything, as that understanding arises, naturally what you see is that there's this massive limitation to human perception that we can't even tell whether what something seems, whether what's just because something seems a certain way doesn't mean it is that way. That is the limitation of human perception. And when we can recognize that within ourselves, we recognize that in others, we recognize it in others, we recognize it in ourselves. And so that's where compassion and grace comes from and kindness comes from. Because even though a, a decision might be made and it's not a great decision or it's, it's harming someone or it seems to be that it's harming someone, we can then go back and see that ultimately that person didn't know any better or the, the, the one behind the choice didn't know any better. Because if they did, then they would have chosen better. Because if we truly knew the consequences of our choices, uh, we would make the best choices possible, right? If we knew the full consequences of every choice we would ever make, we would obviously choose the ones where the consequences were the best for us, were the best not just for us, but for all of life. Because the truth is that those two are aligned. What is best for all of life is best for us because we are part of all of life. So choosing for, for what's best for us and choosing for what's best for all of life are actually the same, although sometimes they might seem different. That's just an illusion. Really, we are part of the whole. We are part of all of life. And so the choices which bear the greatest, uh, most beneficial consequences for all of life are the choices that are best for us. And so if we knew what choices were best for, for us and for all of life right now, we would obviously choose those. I mean, why wouldn't we? And so obviously, if we make a mistake, if we choose something which has we could quote negative consequences for us or unhelpful or hurtful or painful or consequences of suffering for us and for life, then obviously we have chosen that out of ignorance or else we will have chosen that which benefits us and all of life. And that's what grace sees. Grace understands this and sees this. And so grace being that which is grace, being the quality of grace, is to be that which seeks to understand life instead of judging and condemn it. Because judging and condemning comes from, I know, and so I'm judging. I have a good idea, I have a better idea of what's really should have happened, and so I judge it and say, that's bad, you should have done it this way. But the truth is that it didn't go that way, the truth is life was like it was at that moment. And so judgment actually positions against, positions us any sort of judgment positions us against life because life happened like that, but we say it should have happened like that. Therefore, we're positioning ourselves against life and bearing the consequences of that choice, <laughs> which aren't very light. To position yourself to judge life for being the way it is, let's just put it this way. It's like, so let's say billions of years of life has evolved this person from the evolutionary line of billions of years, from the whole history of humanity unfolding as it did for thousands of years, 
a certain choice emerged. And let's say that we see that choice that was made by someone in some point of time, and we say, naturally, they shouldn't have made that choice. They shouldn't have done that. Or life, sh- or even more absurdly, life, or it's easier to see the absurdity of this, is to say, no, no, we shouldn't have five fingers, we should have seven. We shouldn't have five fingers in each hand, we should have seven fingers in each hand. When we say that, we're obviously judging life, and we're saying, we know better than life, we know better than the evolution of life. Um, my little intellect, <laughs> my limited intellect, knows better than four billion years of evolution. And when we judge anything, it's actually the, exactly the same as when we do this. So it's it's really, hopefully it's very easy to see the absurdity of saying we should have seven fingers instead of five. But anytime you say this should be this way instead of the way it is, it's actually the same judgment. You're positioning, we position ourselves against life when we judge like this. And so grace is no different from understanding this, from understanding that any sort of judgment is absurd. It has no reality. It's just an imagination. It's just an illusion. At the end of the day, it's just a vanity of the intellect which says, I know better than life. And grace graciously accepts life as it is and says, okay, so there's five fingers. I That's okay. <laughs> okay, that's very easy to see, but apply that to everything. So grace is free of any judgment because it accepts everything as it is. And it says, well, if life is that way, who am I to say that it should be different? If life has expressed itself in this particular form, with this particular choice, at this particular time, with this particular person, with this particular set of experiences, with the entirety of the past, with factors both known and mostly unknown, then who am I of my own intellect, of my limited understanding, to say that it should be any different from what it is. And that, and when that is recognized, there is naturally an acceptance that arises. It says, well, yeah, I mean, of course I accept it. Will I accept it? You can even phrase it as a question like this. Will I accept this? Life expressing itself in this form, in this choice, in this person, right here, right now. Or will I push against it? Will I judge it? Will I resist it? Will I resist life? Will I go against how things are and impose my own imagined idea of how they should be? Because that's what any judgment is. is an imposition of an idea which is based in imagination. The reality is right there in front of us and all we have to do is accept it and be happy with it and that's where our happiness comes from. Happiness comes from when we're just happy with things. That's all. So grace... The benefit of being in the space of grace is happiness, is peace and happiness. Grace accepts everything as it is. Grace is at peace with everything as it is. When when we're at peace with everything as it is, then there's only peace. We only experience anger, uh, fear, um, guilt, all these things. When we position ourselves against life, when really, at the end of the day, when we say, Things shouldn't be this way. When we, we're not at peace with something, then all these heavy feelings come up. When we're at peace with everything, what's there to be angry about? Okay, yeah, that guy, yeah, yeah, they did that. And so what? They did that. What of it? I don't know the significance of that. I don't know what led up to it. 
I don't know anything, to be quite frank with you. I can see something happened. I can see a certain perception. Maybe I can see a certain image that's been portrayed by, let's say, the media or by someone's words or someone's explanations. But I don't know what it's like to be this person. I don't know everything that led up to that. I have no idea. So who am I to judge it? Of course I'm going to accept it. Yeah, it's bad. But then this is another step forward is to say that grace, we start at that point of acceptance and we, in accepting, we open ourselves to all of life and we uplift all of life. Because just recognize, what's the point of judging? Does it help? Does judgment help any anything? Does pushing, does resisting, does condemning? Does this help any anything? It doesn't help at all. What helps is to uplift and support. And grace is that which uplifts and supports all of life at all times, no matter what. So, someone makes a bad decision. Okay, accept that. And then, grace invites. It's like an invitation to step into into the kindness because what grace sees grace speaks to that in inner innocence which doesn't know any better and it speaks to that and it says you know yeah okay this decision was made and i accept that decision but the past is not a representation of the future the future is open the future is a mystery And so, sure, bad decisions or poor decisions or decisions with heavy consequences were made, but that's in no way an indication of the future. It might be, but equally it might not be. And so grace opens and invites the one responsible for the choice to choose again and choose differently. And it believes in that, in in the kindness, in the compassion, in the lovability of that person and it invites that lovability out to play and says you know come like we we both know that 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 you know kindness is is a lot nicer isn't it at the same time though grace isn't stupid <laughs> so it, i would say from my own understanding from my own view from the way i see it it's like you invite that part out to play but at the same time you wouldn't you wouldn't you know if you're in a let's say you're you're in a like a a place that's notable for crime and pickpocketing and like if you go there you get pickpocketed well you wouldn't you know carry around your wallet in your hand and look the other way and say come on here you go or just leave it out on the even made better analogy you wouldn't just put your wallet down and and, and go away you know, <laughs> that's that's foolish to leave your wallet out in a place that is notable for having wealth taken. That's foolish. So you're, you're inviting, you, you invite the best of life, but at the same time, you don't tempt the worst. <laughs> because to, to put your wallet out in a place notable, already notable for crime, for pickpocketing, for, for having things being stolen, is to actually invite that. It's to tempt that to tempt that part to come out and be like, hey, look how easy it is for you to just take this. So in this same sense, you can apply it to anything. You know, if someone is like, if someone's a dick and they're always a dick, you can forgive them. You can be gracious to them. You can be kind to them. But at the same time, if it's heavy and weighing you down to hang out with them, 
then you just wouldn't hang out with them. Because grace, it embodies or like hugs all of life, you know, embraces all of life. There you go, that's the word. <laughs> grace embraces all of life, including yourself. So if it's hurting you to be with someone, um, you can be kind to them, you can be compassionate, you can be forgiving, you can seek to understand them whilst at the same time not hanging out with them if it's weighing you down or if it's not benefiting anyone in any way, then you can just leave. That's also a kind thing to do. See, what what is kind to do in one situation, it, it varies. In one situation, let's just take, like, so the interesting thing in life is that in any given situation, the situation might be the same, but the lesson for the individual is different because life's lessons, or what, for example, what is kind to do what is best to do for all of life, it varies depending on the context. So just as an example, let's take like a bad, let's say someone's in a like toxic relationship that's not really nice. <laughs> Maybe the lesson for one person is to leave it. Maybe they have an epiphany and the lesson is to leave it, to leave the relationship, move on. At the same time, maybe a lesson for another person is to stick it out, to stay. And, you know, there's no way of knowing that. Logically, it is totally dependent upon the context, which is very complex. And so that's just to say that to be kind doesn't mean necessarily to be just to be overtly nice to everyone and just to hang out with everyone. It definitely doesn't mean to take shit, <laughs> you know, to like, um, to, to invite people to, to be mean, to hang out with people that are mean to you, regardless of anything you do, even though it's not nice. That's not the kind thing to do. The kind thing to do in that instance is because you're kind to yourself, so just leave. So just be wise about it, that's all. So grace is, grace is wise. It's not devoid of wisdom because grace is is an automatic consequence of understanding. When you seek to understand something and as you increase in your understanding, or as your understanding increases in depth, then naturally graciousness arises or this quality of grace arises as a natural consequences. Like just as an ex another example, okay, let's say someone, they do something and it's obviously not a great decision. Well, we can just first ask, what's the point of condemning it? Then we can ask, what's the most beneficial for all of life? What's the most beneficial thing for all of life? Isn't the most beneficial thing to just accept that choice, allow them to have made that choice, <laughs> um, let go of the vanity of saying they should have made another one, just allow that choice to have been made, and then be unconditionally kind and unconditionally compassionate and unconditionally forgiving to the one who made that choice, not knowing any better. Isn't that the best thing for all of life? So just to understand that when that's, so just bring yourself to, to the shoes of someone made it just like, well, you know, anytime you made a bad choice, <laughs> when you, when you know you're loved unconditionally, when you can feel it, when you can feel that acceptance, because when it's a true acceptance, you can actually feel it. It's you can't fake it. You might fake it with words, but unconsciously everyone knows it. Everyone can tell. So 
when it's a true acceptance, regardless of anything that's been whatever, like it doesn't matter, man. When there's a really a real acceptance, a true love, a true grace, that it doesn't matter what you did. I love you anyway. I'm gonna be kind. I'm gonna be compassionate. Still gonna be my friend if you're not mean to me. You don't, <laughs> you don't purposefully uh, do that. Anything like that. Anything harmful. Uh, when that's felt, then doesn't the likelihood, the likelihood of choosing, choosing better or choosing something that is more beneficial to oneself and all of life, the likelihood of that choice being made in spite of whatever past history, that likelihood increases when it's in, when that when the individual is in an environment of love, when there's an environment of hate, of judgment, of condemnation, what do we do? When we're condemned, we start to defend ourselves because we feel attacked. When we're loved, there's nothing to defend. And we open ourselves, because of the openness, we open ourselves to seeing our own mistakes. And when we're loved, regardless of anything, then we can just own those mistakes a lot easier isn't this so isn't it really obvious we just reflect upon our own experiences and we see when we're in that loved environment we're happy to own our mistakes we're happy to we just there's that sigh of relief there's just like oh it doesn't matter it doesn't matter yeah i made that back oh damn okay i better choose better next time but if someone keeps going oh wow you you really you really did a really did a boo-boo there how could you do that? How could you do that? I mean, does that help? <laughs> that obviously doesn't help. That question, let's put it this way. When you ask someone, how could you do that? Whether it's conscious, whether you verbalize that question, or whether it's unconscious, or whether it's in the form of a thought, it doesn't actually matter. When you have that point of view, of you are, you're like, how could they do that? You're... Think, looking of it this way, you're actually inviting them to defend themselves because you're asking them either consciously or unconsciously, either verbally or non-verbally. You're asking, "How did you do that? How could you do that?" And so they answer you very nicely. They answer you. They're like, "Yeah, this is how I can do that. This is how." Start to defend themselves. They start to show how they did it. <laughs> so we can just ask: Do you want to invite them to defend? Do you want to invite life to defend itself? Or do you want to accept life as it is and uplift it as best you can and be kind to all of life regardless of anything? And when you're that way to all of life, you're that way to yourself also. And so when you ask yourself this, what you might start to notice is that you actually don't have an interest. I'm, I'll speak from my own experience. I don't know. You, we actually don't have an, an interest in condemning life. We don't, we don't really have an interest. What we really want is just to to be loved. We want that love. And that's all. What we really are interested in is the kindness, is in the compassion. But until we ask these questions, until we inquire into it, until we seek to understand it, we're stuck in these illusions that make us believe the road to kindness, the road to feeling good is that way. Because, I mean, everyone just wants to feel good, right? <laughs> Well, what feels better than love? What feels better than being kind? The thing is that when you're when we're stuck in illusions, we do what we believe will lead to us feeling good, but it doesn't actually. It might be temporary satisfaction, but that's nothing compared to the state of love, the state of being the one that is loving to all of life. It's nothing. 
compared to like satisfaction. What's that? Nothing. So we all just want to feel good. We do what we think will make us feel good. What actually makes us feel the best or, or even beyond feeling really, because feelings change. What we really want is love. Well, that's what we really want. And the way to see that is not to even believe me. Don't like, don't you have to believe me? What does that have to do with anything? Just inquire into it yourself. Investigate for yourself. Just question it. Question everything. When you question everything, what remains but the truth? That's the only thing that can stand investigation is the truth. So whatever the truth is, if you just inquire into it, if you open yourself to discovering it, to seeing it, to recognizing it, you don't have to create it. It's already there. The truth awaits discovery. Not even discovery, though. That's probably not the most accurate word. The most accurate word would be recognition. It's there. It simply awaits recognition. And we recognize something ultimately when we want to, when we're ready to, when we let go of not wanting to. That's all that's required. So I hope you enjoyed this short episode. Uh, if you don't know, you can follow this on Facebook, although I don't really post it on the, I don't post on Facebook too often. Joyfulness Broadcast, you feel feel free to follow it anyway. Uh, Instagram, Joyfulness Broadcast. Uh, otherwise, best place would be actually to just Spotify or Apple, wherever you listen to your podcast, just set that notification to be reminded and you'll get a reminder of the next episode when it comes out. You can just watch it that way. That's probably the most direct way. So, see you in the next one.